Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. All right, welcome again to another Warrior Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Gene. I'm here today with a special guest and Sherard Shakis Duval. Which one do you prefer? I've got you on a podcast. So you have to answer officially. I tell people all the time. It's like Sean <laughs> Diddy Combs or Curtis I know. Whatever makes you feel the most comfortable, same person. I got you. I got you. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So we have two sponsors. We have Tactic Calories and we have Strike Force Energy. Um, they're both awesome. They support the show. If you buy something from them, please buy something from them. Use the warrior mindset as a word, warrior mindset, when you check out. That would be awesome. awesome. Man, awesome having you here. You are here because, as we were just talking, we've known each other for a long time, and it's blowing me oh, away. Wow. Um, and, and I still don't have that Thor painting, by the way. <laughs> the hammer. That's, that, I'm, I'm in the... Uh, I'm in the the other co-work office that we have, I have a okay. podcast studio built and it hangs behind me in every ah. episode. So you might never get your hands on that. <laughs> awesome. But anyway, go but, ahead. But next time we talk, after all this coronavirus crap blows over, you can come in that studio. We'll have another show. You can sit there and, Love it. and touch it. Um, Stare at it. You posted on Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, random stuff going around uh i don't want to necessarily make this a you know a coronavirus podcast it's hard not right. to but right. there's a lot of random stories and a lot of random just you know inaccurate accurate he said she said stuff on the internet um, yeah. and i know you've been a long time you worked in uh, media literacy before yeah. the internet <laughs> <laughs> Well, not, nah, I'm not that old. <laughs> Come on. You were just pointed out earlier that I was old, but um, I know you. Uh, anyway, so tell me a little bit about what, what sparked you making that post. What was that post about? I'm going to link it up. But um, uh, So I'm assuming uh, it was, was it the one addressing the pandemic? Was that the one? Yeah, you've actually made two. I don't remember which one. It was a couple that I made. Well, I'll just, I'll answer it by saying this. Um. I am uh, a media literacy advocate, proponent, educator as well. Um, and essentially what that is, is teaching people how to read and write when it comes to a screen. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, and that is really at a minimum what media literacy is. And unfortunately, as a society, and this just goes for humans in general, we were not prepared to be communicating through a screen. We were prepared to communicate through text and print media. And so mm -hmm. every human being, for as long as you've known schooling, it has been requiring you to learn how to read and write print since you were probably in kindergarten. And every year that gets more and more complex. And once you go through elementary school, you get to middle school, you start mm -hmm. learning adverbs and pronouns and adjectives. And then once you get to high school, you start writing character analysis, essays. So by the time you get to college, you're writing very thorough, deep, nuanced pieces about very tiny parts of 
how to dissect what someone is saying or how to communicate what someone is saying using print media. We okay. do none of we do none of that with screen. And so media literacy is the whole idea of saying, okay, I have this these four walls that I communicate with people with. How do I do that? What are the rules? Every communication language has rules. What are the rules here on this platform? There's something we haven't been taught. And so uh, back when I was at Nickelodeon Theater, when I was the director of media education there, it was really when I dived deep into that world and I saw the results of mm. being able to teach people using media literacy techniques. And so um, just just Gene, just in me thinking through um, what was happening uh, with COVID-19 and misinformation, and I started getting very early in April, a lot of people emailing me about, you know, is this real? How do I decide if this mm-hmm. is real? Hey, man, I'm getting a lot of news. I don't know how to navigate through it. Can you help me figure out which news sources I can trust? Hey, man, my wife is geeking out over this video that she saw. Can you help us think through this? Or then organization leaders start, you know, having problems with employees or, you know, staff issues or on their social media uh, or there was issues going on uh, with people giving people wrong information when they were having Zoom meetings. And so then I said, um, I, I went from a place of I don't really know how to help during this time because I'm not a healthcare worker, I'm not a mm-hmm. doctor, I'm, I'm not a epidemiologist. All the things that you need to be a scientist, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a creative guy, and so I kind of sat back wondering where my role was. But and then once these things start happening, as so I was talking to some of my mentors and colleagues, I said, okay, I, I think I see where I can help here, and that's helping giving people tools and tips that they just don't have. To help them navigate mm-hmm. through all of this information that's coming down every day, every second of the day. Right. right. So the that's, that's important. important. Yeah, important. it's yeah. funny that you were like, I want to help, but I don't know how to help. <laughs> yeah. I was, dude. Yeah. I was paralyzed. Right. I was just a lot of us were. Yeah, watching everything go down. Like I don't know what to do. So I'm gonna just sit over here in my corner and just watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I did that, I did that for weeks, you know. So you had people reaching out. Um and by the way, you know, the name of this podcast is Warrior Mindset. You, you did Love what, what uh, a true warrior would do. They, they would use the talents and the skills they have to help each other. We talk a lot on the show about to really get where you want to go. You have to take the focus off yourself and put it on others. And that, that path is often found through helping others. Always. You've been doing that a long time. Um, <clears throat> let's talk through one of those. Love Just it. some basic media literacy um, things. So you have, uh, and I don't want to get too nuts and bolts, but I think it's important. Um, in your post that you made, uh, let's see, it was specifically about something about people in jail not being vaccinated or something. Um, I don't even remember the exact story because there's so many like random, just like conspiracy theories and things. Um, so many. Yeah, and well-made videos and oh yeah, and, uh, and documentation. But uh, yeah. so. Ask yourself, where did this come from? Yes. So just, we're, I want to go through the, uh, you You have like, uh, say, five or six of these. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself, where did this come from? What What is something you tell people? I mean, they, they call you, they ask you, hey, what's up? So the, at a, the very first thing, when, when you talk about ask yourself, where did this come, come from? I like to put people in the mindset of how they get information when they're in human interaction. Okay, so Gene, if you're at dinner with your family, right, or or you're at the grocery store, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, someone gives you or says something that you don't understand, or do you think it's just weird? Your initial response is going to be, "Who told you that?" 
Right. Where, where did you get that from? Right. Like that sounds weird to me. Who, who gave you that information? That same trigger is the first thing you need to ask when you watch something or look at something or any information online is who, who told you that? Where did you get that from? And look and see, because a lot of times that information can be coming from someone you've never met. So then your question is going to be, would you take, if you were walking down an aisle in a grocery store and someone randomly told you this information, would you take it and go, I think I'm going to share that with somebody I love, even though I don't even know this person (laughs) and I was grabbing cereal, you know? Right. Um, Right. Or did you get it? Did you, even worse? Did you get it from somewhere? Not only where you don't know that person, but you don't even know if that person is a real person. A lot of times, people right. That's share, that's the second one, which is who is behind this? Who is behind it? That's the second one. Is who is behind it? Um, if that information, you don't know where that information came from, and then you can't even identify the who is just. You know, YouTube user, you know, I think I said something like demon user, one, two, three, four. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, even though this person is real. So, you know, those two things are just very valuable tips that you can just use. You know, it's real life stuff that we do every day, Gene. Right. And I just want, uh, I think it's very useful to be able to use those tips when you're getting information from people online. Mm-hmm. What, where did this come from? And who is this that's giving me this? Yeah. So it's something that, you know, I know you have a son. I mean, you probably coach him or raise him to question everything, right? You know, Absolutely. You're all, you definitely, uh, you know, want to question, you know, why are they saying this? Who's saying this? Why are we doing this? Yes. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think is the reason why when people see it <laughs> on a web page or an Instagram post or whatever, that they just blindly believe it? What do you think is behind that? It's very easy. It's shock value. Okay. Okay. Whenever I'm teaching uh, media literacy, particularly doing professional development, that's that's the first thing I always say is think about how you will operate in the real world. Right. So if you were in the real world and you were walking down the street and you saw a deer chase a cat and eat it, you're going to stare at it. You're going to you're going to be like, what is going on? I just saw a deer eat a cat and I don't know what's happening. You you'll probably whip your phone out and start recording it. It's shocking. Okay. And so right. that that is the general reason why people share when just click, not even just reading the headline. They go, "Oh, that that sounds shocking. I'm going to share that." Or, 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 or this sounds provocative. I'm going to mm-hmm. share it. Or, doesn't this piss you off? I'm going to share it. Right. Right. But, right. But you ha- you don't really know what it is. But it, because it's so shocking, we do the same thing we do when we see something shocking happen in real life. We just automatically go, "Hey, everybody, look at that over there." Which is which is a uh, which is a tactic that people that use inf- misinformation for their advantage use. They mm-hmm. know the words to use to get you to be to draw your attention. And so what we have to do is say, okay, I know you're using that tactic to try to draw my attention. Let me just stop there so I can control my brain, so you're not in control of my mind. Hmm. Strong. So what are what are some of the things you're doing other than just making Facebook posts? I mean, you you've been doing this a while. Uh, how do you combat this? Like, so, it seems like it's something that's like your mission, right? It is. It really has turned into my mission because it is. Uh, I feel like um, um, I feel like we're losing the mm-hmm. battle, um, and it's because we're we're in a situation right now in the world where there's a lot of fear, anxiety, and confusion, and whenever mm-hmm. you have that happening to the public it's the perfect opportunity for 
misinformation to steer people towards doing things that could be harmful because everybody's looking for an answer. They're looking for solutions. They're trying to find some type of ground to stand on. Mm-hmm. And so I said, it's, it, it's my mission to help humans because I believe in the interconnectivity of human beings. We all basically want the same thing, safety, best for our kids. We want good health, wealth, mm-hmm. you know? So if I'm a protector of human beings, this is my place where I can operate <laughs> in a space that I'm comfortable at saying, hey, let me help humans. Let me do my part to help humans here. And right. so, yeah, this has absolutely become my mission. Absolutely, yeah. That's incredible. Do you uh, do you often, I mean, you, you've got the media literacy. I mean, I know you do classes and things like that. Do you find yourself uh, officially, unofficially being anyone's coach? Yeah, actually, yes. So there, there, not many. It's like three people um, mm-hmm. that I coach. Um, um, particularly, uh, one of them works with a large organization that does a lot of media. Okay. One of one of them is a reporter that just is trying to help uh, not go crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, and one of them is a leadership expert that is just looking for tools and tips he can use that he can pull from to use for when he's coaching on leadership. Um, and so, yes, I do do coaching in that world. And um, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the other part of that question. I, I, that was I, it. Yeah, coaching, yeah. mentoring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because I do a little bit of that and I find a lot of what I'm, I'm hearing a lot of parallels because I don't do media literacy. Right. I'm I'm doing like uh, some coaching where it's like I, I, I don't want to call it life coaching, but it's more like how to get your head out of your ass type coaching. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hearing a lot of parallels and a lot of, and this is why I sent you some of these points because I want to get into them with you. A lot of what we focus on a lot of times is like just personal, even external emotional intelligence, which is just doing those things that you say to do against social media, but doing them to yourself, yes. doing them to the world around you. Yes. Um, so I'm seeing those. So what are some of the ways that you maybe personally, it might relate to media or whatever, sort of work on cultivating your own emotional intelligence because i've always thought of you as a pretty emotionally aware guy um i've seen you in meetings i've seen you sitting there you're cool you're listening you pay attention and you speak when it's time and you speak with authority and you you don't over speak you give just enough and, and i've always admired that and tried to emulate that in myself wow when i do it thank you man i i uh i really appreciate hearing that because it's something i work really hard at mm-hmm you can uh, tell. So, so I used to be someone that was not very emotionally intelligent at all. Um, I, w- I used to be very self-absorbed. Mm. Um, and that backfired on me through a lot of relationships with people that I love. And that, that's one of the mm. great things about re- having relationships that you can trust and friends and family that are that you can tell all you could be naked with is what I like to say. Mm-hmm. It's because you get a chance to hear the good and the bad and you get a chance to weigh that. Um, and say, okay, how can I be a better me? Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I took on wholeheartedly was um, emotional intelligence, being able to listen with my eyes and my ears. Mm-hmm. So reading someone's body language, listening to what they're saying, watching the way that they're moving, and it's giving me clues as to how this person is feeling, not just what is being said. Um, right. And so... After observing it, then I took on the responsibility of saying, okay, let me act that out, you know, and when I'm responding to people and talking with people, 
when I'm listening to people and making sure that we're understanding that humans have feelings and emotions. No one is a robot. <laughs> and right. and to be and that emotional intelligence and basically how I like to look at it as uh I like I like to look at it as em- em- empathy working. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm I'm even when I'm not listening to you, I'm empathizing with where you're coming from even if we're just having a meeting about you know a business meeting, right? right? I still need to understand the level of importance it has to you. I need right. to understand what this means to you beyond just what we're talking about. And it just it, it not only does it help us in business gene, it helps us in life. It helps us even when we're dealing with our friends and family. That 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 leading with what are you feeling, not just mm-hmm. what are you what are you saying? you know, or how am I perceiving what you're saying? I hope that makes sense. It does. Or, or, you know, when you find yourself uh, listening to respond instead of listening to listen. Exactly. I find that's a big one. It's hard to do. Huge. Yeah. And and I kind of feel like, you know, as it relates to, you know, media literacy, responding to things on social media, we are looking to respond. We're looking for things to respond to, not looking for actual knowledge. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Mm, that's just my you're gut. Right. Um, you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely so right. What are what are some ways? I'm just trying to bring this the conversation around in circles. But what are what are some of the ways that you tell people to, or you help coach people to actually um, try to shift? Um, maybe it's you know through the coaching or you know online literacy or whatever. But to shift from just being in that response mode to actual research mode because I think that's really the difference. Um. Well, again, you, you'll hear me repeat this. I, I try to make people understand that it's still real life communication, particularly when we're talking about online, right? Mm-hmm. And so however you would act in a real life situation, you should apply those rules to how you act online. I think people, for some reason or another, um, because we, we, we I, 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 I agree with you, I believe that most people have already thought about their response mm-hmm. when someone when they're receiving information so they're not actually listening and i think that causes us to mix 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 miss big context clues and one of those context clues is the the fact it's in the name of social media is the word social <laughs> conversation so we, we conversation so if right. i am with you know if i'm on somebody's page and it's somebody I don't agree with and I don't know them, never met them. If we were at a bar or a restaurant, they were having this conversation. I walk up out of the blue. I'm not just going to start, you know, I mean, I'd be a crazy person to start saying, yeah. oh, you're an idiot. You're a fool. And throwing people be like, who, who are you? Or you, you might know? get punched in the face. You might get punched in the face <laughs> yeah, by, right. by everybody that person is with. And I, I believe you had it coming. To be honest. Yeah, he kind of did. You know, I think you deserve it. Right. And, right. and so I try to get people to say, how would you respond in, in real life? That, that's one of the things I always preach or rather mm-hmm. teach on is how would you respond in real life? When I'm walking into Gene's page, he's having these conversations with these people. Introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Sherrard. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. I saw you guys are having a conversation over here. I thought I wanted to offer my two cents. What do you all think about this? I think if we were to enter conversations that way or even to begin conversations that way, then I think you would see the responses uh, at least decrease in uh, vitriol and quick mm. responses and a lot of right. what we're seeing online with people just responding instead of thinking first. So remember that social part 
I like that. Social media, I think, is is very key. Yeah, I'm trying I kind of like behind me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I got, I have one too. Um, <laughs> I kind of I kind of feel like there's just so much like aggro on, um, particularly Facebook, as opposed to another platform, say like Instagram. Yeah, um, Twitter, why do you, Twitter's really bad. Uh, I don't even want to talk about Twitter because that is oh, the the creme de la creme of, of burnt toilet bowl conversation. Ooh. Man, tell me about it. Yeah, so I'd rank it like Twitter's crap, Facebook's second, yep. Instagram's maybe positive. Um, you, you follow that same rank. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the platforms are so different um, in terms of their aggro or their vitriol? Or, or I think it's whatever. very simple. I think it goes back to that word social. Hmm. If you notice, the less social it is, the more vitriol it is. Hmm. Right. So the the less socially engaged, the least socially engaging platform is Twitter. I don't have to look at your real picture. I don't look at your family photos. I don't know who's your friends. I don't know who you know that I know. Right. You're just some random person somewhere on Earth, and you might not even be a person talking. That gives people. (laughs) That gives people an incredible amount of freedom, mm-hmm. but it also gives people an incredible amount of protection, and it lacks accountability at the highest level, which right. gives people the license to just be a, a character, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. And then as you go down through Facebook is second, and then you get to Instagram, you have no choice but to be a real person, because if you're just posting picture, pictures of statues and grass, people eventually going to be like, you're not a real person, I'm going to go away from you, <laughs> right? And so, uh, right. and so, I think that's exactly why uh, it works in that way. And um, hmm. and we treat these communication devices as if they're not, as if it's not a real world, because we just haven't been taught that this is communication. We've been taught that this is just, you know, we've always looked at TV and the screen as if it's some separate world from reality. Right. <laughs> you right. know, and so right. we're like, hey, I'm gonna be a character too. You know, but it doesn't work that way, man. No, it's, no. And that's a good, that's a great segue, um, because there's been some, there's been some noise on Facebook about this video the and I don't even remember the title of it, but it's the one with, uh, crap. Um, the woman who's been a outed scientist or whatever, oh, yeah. and she's saying that, what, what was in it? Plandemic. Plandemic Gosh, is the name of That it. thing's made its way around. And I don't want to just oh, pick man. on that. Um, but, but that is one sort of sort of uh using a lot of the cues from a video mask as a documentary yep. is, and i read it was really a, a trailer like it yep. was supposed to be a trailer for a movie that's coming out but it was like 22 minutes long i don't know about you i've never seen a trailer 22 minutes long it doesn't exist there are no it, movie trailers that are 22 yeah, minutes that's long. a that's <laughs> a tv show yeah that should um, be a red flag immediately it'd be like bloop, bloop, red light yeah red right light yeah. right right but then there are other things um, on a softer nature, like on Netflix. I don't know how closely you followed, um, and I'm talking to you. I should have written, this, written these down. It's the Follow. Netflix documentary about uh, being a vegetarian, being a vegan. Um, uh, I'll post the name so <laughs> people who look at this later know what I'm talking about. But anyway, you know, and, and I, I did those same things. You know, the video was, uh, the, the Netflix documentary was um, super awesome, put together. It was great. It had lots of... Uh, famous athletes talking about stuff it was about being a vegan and i'm not not pro vegan pro carnivore here it doesn't i don't care but you know and then then i did the research and you know it's like the the video the 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 show was sponsored and paid for by someone who sells pea protein I'm like oh so now i have to rewatch it and i have to run everything through the filter of well the guy paying for it is selling 
you know, this thing. So that's frustrating. Um, yeah. Do you, I'm just taking the pulse. I mean, how trustworthy is the world on our screen? <laughs> <laughs> what do you tell people? I mean, I know you've had that question. I mean, yeah. your family and your friends, they're like, they're like, Shakis, man, oh, like, man. what do I listen to? I mean, I was, just, I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday. He was like, I trust nothing. I trust yeah, no I, one. That's what I tell people. Any I'm like, information don't. From anywhere. And I, I said, okay, would you do that in real life? Right. You, you wouldn't. You yeah. can't say you trust nothing because then that means you don't trust any grocery store. That means you trust no mechanic. That means you don't trust your plumber. You don't trust the guy that's putting in your wife. Like, you can't live a life like if If we were right. to live lives like that, we would live in caves. Right? Doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> well, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation because no, I, no, no. I don't think yeah. you would have Wi-Fi in a cave. No, right? no, no, I wouldn't. And so, and so I say, you know, I, I understand, <clears throat> but we have to apply real rules. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to go real life rules, so if I'm going to go to a mechanic, I'm going to go to a mechanic that knows how to fix the car that I have. Does he have knowledge about my car is a Kia? Does he have knowledge about Kias? Do they work on Kias? How long have they been working on Kias? Right. Are they a reputable organization that does work on Kias? The same stuff is what we have to do with the stuff we consume online. We have to treat it as if it's real life. So if you are looking for information on uh, COVID-19, since that's the hot topic right now, right? what, what type of disease is COVID-19? What, wh- who are the experts on that type of disease? Gotcha. Those are the first per- people you should go to. Then you got to figure out, okay, well, is this person just a YouTube user or does this person have credentials? Which is the problem right. with the pandemic video. No one checked her credentials. They didn't know that she got fired for stealing lab equipment and she never actually was a a, a reputable scientist all of her theories right. have been debunked right. you know but no one you know again it was you know shock value you know one of the smartest things i've heard about shock value when it comes to uh, our, our lack of media literacy ability or what i call being illiterate was how i remember uh, a cbs news reporter uh bob schaefer put it when talking about donald trump in the 2016 election i'm not this is not a political thing i'm just using this as an analogy that i just thought was really good mm-hmm. and he said donald trump uses the dead cat offense he says it doesn't matter what anybody's talking about he just throws a dead cat it, it's it's almost the same as what i was talking about earlier with the deer eating a cat analogy if it doesn't matter what the discussion is, if I do something outlandish or say something outrageous, I'll automatically get your attention. Well, what would we do in real life if that happened? Right. Right. And so you can't say, well, I can't trust any information. I can't trust where anything comes from. You do what you do in real life. What store can I trust? What new mm-hmm. place can I trust? Where can I trust to buy my shoes? What do I trust to buy my microphones? You know, both of us are tech guys. I do a lot of research when I'm buying a new hard drive. I'm right. looking at reviews. I'm looking at what do the experts say? What do the best people say? We have to take that same uh, uh, those same habits and apply them to the Internet. Hmm. That is awesome. Uh, it's just so easy to like not do oh, that. It's right here, right? It's yeah. right here. You just share. Right. <laughs> Would you extrapolate that to say that we maybe possibly have a very unhealthy relationship with our devices? Absolutely. We have, we have, <laughs> we have the most unhealthy relationship with the internet. I'm not even yeah. going to say our devices because yeah. people will say the device. Well, the device is nothing without a connection to the Internet. Right. It's a thing. 
Yeah. Um, we have an unhealthy relationship with the internet, and uh, and it's mainly because we were we were thrown into this world against our. We didn't ask. You know, we didn't yeah. know. We didn't ask. We didn't ask permission. We were just thrown into it, and uh, I often liken it to uh, again cell phone technology. Right? Mm-hmm. No one. Gene, I I could almost bet you money. If I had uh, millions of dollars, I would bet it right now. No one knows a person that reads a cell phone manual. Oh, God, no. I've never read one. No one does, right? Whenever we go get a new cell phone or a tablet, something like that. Turn it on. Start using it. Turn it on. We start using it. We We don't know what it does. We actually have most human beings have no idea what this device does. Right. Okay. And this, these devices are the main source of how we communicate with the world, mm-hmm. right? That right there should tell you that we're not equipped to deal in this society. And so one of the things I often tell people is we're kind of like in the adolescent age of the Internet, where we're like that teenager that knows everything but knows nothing. And I feel like that's where we are right now. It's so new. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you think of, of time, I mean, the, the time that man's been on Earth is so small compared to history time and the time that we've had the iphones is like a sliver of that sliver of that you know you're talking 2007 you know it's only 2020 and it you know so you know we're in that age where we think we know everything but we know nothing and our Mm. emotional intelligence is low you know like in teenage years you know yeah and um and so that that's where we are and so uh, we need we need to help each other wow um so where do you fall between uh trying to think about how to phrase this where do you fall on the because you, you're holding up the device or showing the device and, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of have my opinions we can get into that but like companies who produce the machine companies who produce the apps um, using information you know maybe it's your whereabouts your activities whatever all the way up to you know uh, you know Alexa listening to you in your living room and sending Amazon secrets for you know your family. I mean, there's all the, the, talking about conspiracy theories from you know from zero from the geolocating you all the way up to that point. Where do you sort of fall on that spectrum of, of conspiracy theories? Uh, not I, I use the word conspiracy theories to be funny, but just at, at you know at some point we know that you know marketers are using our information. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like I mean, duh. I mean, I do too. I have Google Analytics on my site. I I want to see who's coming and who's Hello. clicking buttons. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of fall, that's pretty pretty innocuous on a certain level. That's just me trying to get people to look at stuff. All the right. way up to, like I'm saying, that conspiracy theory of, you know, people freaking out thinking that, you know, Amazon's listening to you and, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to start. You know, you've, you've had that vibe, right, where you're talking to somebody and then then you next thing you know on Facebook, they're showing an ad for some shit you talked about and you're like, I don't remember going there. You know? <laughs> I hate that. But you probably did go there. I mean, they're not listening to you. Um, but they are listening conver- to you, you know? Yeah, so where do you, where do you exactly. fall on that? So, so I think I understand a little bit clearer what you're saying now. And so, uh, again, going back to you know what I always preach is how, how would you respond in the real world? That's how right. I feel about the internet. Uh, whenever I'm out in public, I, I know that I have to be aware, self-aware all the time of my surroundings of where I am. Right, not right. In a, not in a creepy way, not where I'm, you know, that weird no. guy browsing through no, the no, no. Now. but just in a sense of knowing how many people are on my aisle and mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. or not that guy over there looks a little creepy or, or she's really hot like whatever it is that's going just being self-aware mm-hmm. of what's around you we have to operate that same way 
in the internet space. And so I, I operate assuming when I'm on any website, they're getting my information. So how can I protect mm-hmm. myself? What, what, you know, am I going to, I really like the fact that a lot of internet companies now are starting to ask you, if you can put cookies on their computer and stuff like that. Right. I and I mean, it's, great. it's a law in, uh, right. in Europe. You, you have but, to have that on your site. But Gene, let's be honest. We're tech people. We know people don't know what the hell that means. They have no, no. idea. <laughs> no. Even if I've I been in, friend, I don't know what dude, you're telling me. I've been in this industry for 25 years. I'm not sure I even know what the hell it means anymore. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's I've, great, but I think we just always have to assume, um, not assume the worst, but always be self-aware. And mm-hmm. so with me, I try to always be aware that I'm in a public space when I'm on Amazon. So Amazon, I'm assuming Amazon is looking at all the things I'm clicking on when I'm Oh, there. yeah. I'm assuming that Google is tracking the fact that I just said to somebody, I want to order flowers from flowers.com. And the next thing I know on my email, an ad pops up for flowers.com. Like, I think we have to assume that that is the world, that's the public space that the internet is in. It's not a private space. Whenever you mm-hmm. go into the internet, you're entering a public space. Right. And, so and they can that's, that's track you better than the best spy can track you in your house. Yeah. Better than the best spy. He's absolutely. And so mm-hmm. I just don't think I think we assume that it's just me and the computer, but it's not. It's, it's, it, I, I used to tell people whenever you get on the Internet, you should treat it as if you're just walking into an arena like at uh, something like the, the state fair. I dig like it. That's, that's where you just entered. Right. So you got to be aware. I like and, and I'm, I'm curious to know if, if you have thought about this before or you just put that together both answers are cool but i love how you just made that that comparison to operator like i operate in public the same, i mean i operate online the same way i operate in public mm-hmm. like i need to keep my awareness levels where they need to be in both scenarios and and i'll tell you you know a, a way that sort of transitions between both of those i also teach a lot of self-defense classes mm. and the number one lesson that i that i open with is don't be like this, you know, in public. And I yeah. and I go to like, I go to you know the movie theater or you know Publix grocery store or whatever. And I see so many people literally walking, looking at their phone. And I have to move out of their way before they run into me. <laughs> I've done and it. I, I'm not even gonna lie. I've, I've done it too. I've done it too. I'm I'm guilty as well. But we're all but I, we're all in this together. But I think. Man, you know, if I were actually a predator, you'd be my first target because you are not, not paying target. attention. You're not paying any attention. I could take your wallet. I could take your kid. You know, uh, it's something you're absolutely right. You got to be, you have to be aware of your surroundings. And you're right. It's one of the first things most people mm-hmm. teach in self-defense classes. So, and it seems dog. like, it seems like the more they make things like these, like apps in our phone easier to use and more, uh, it relaxes us, you know, yep. and, I, and I, I think I, I'm not a huge conspiracy guy, but I think that's part of their design is yep. to make it to get you in that zone where you're not paying attention to your outside because they want you to buy something or give them some information. Yep. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, one of the things that we have to understand, and it's this excellent book that, that, that I love to refer to when talking about this specific topic, uh, it's called uh, uh, Thank You for Being Late by a guy named Thomas Friedman. He spends a great deal of time talking about technology. Um, thank you for being late, Thomas Friedman. Um, and he talks a lot about technology and how we operate in this tech, tech world. And you were just saying, hey, man, it's so, so easy. Tech is becoming easier. Well, that's mm-hmm. the job of technology. Every time we have right. a new era of tech, whether you're talking about the axe handle or the invention of the wheel, like it doesn't, it's not going to stop. 
right? It's going to continue to make life easier and easier and easier. What, what the tech world has done, though, is the human adaptability to that tech is happening too slow. Mm. Because tech is moving at such a rapid rate, we aren't able to adapt in time to adjust. And what you get is kind of a cognitive dissonance um, mm. where things are happening so fast, you're not sure what to do. So you just latch on and try to hold on. Or you do what other people do, go say, nope, I'm not, I don't have a cell phone. I don't participate in anything. You know, um, neither response is good. The best response, I believe, in my opinion, is to always say, how do I operate in the real world? Let me treat this the same way I treat that instead of being anxious, instead of getting being fearful, instead of being because uh, I would never do those things in real life. You know, uh, what would I do in real life? I would be mm -hmm. measured. I would think about who I'm talking to, where I'm going, right. who I'm being around, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's I, I mean, great advice. It's not, not going to stop. You know, it's not it's not going to stop. Right. It's going to continue find, to get easier until we find that cave. In two years, we're going to be having this conversation through glasses. <laughs> right. I, I believe you. I no believe computer, you. Computer. Just we're going to be having a live stream through glasses. I believe you. I want uh, I want holograms. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm looking holograms. forward to. It's coming. That, that'll be that'll be cool. I mean, they, they really already exist. There's a, I'm sure you know this. There's already hologram technology. I've seen it. People are trying to figure out how to communicate, you know, um, uh, mm -hmm. on it now. So, you know, it's coming. That would be cool. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But um, weird. That's some great advice, though, just to always consider everything just like you're in person. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you're in person. So one of the things uh, that I coach people on to help them combat their anxiety, and it sounds like you're saying a lot of the same things, is to really, and I know it's cliche, but to live in the moment, right? Yeah. A lot of our anxiety comes from worrying about things in the future or fixating on things in the past. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are real clinical anxiety issues that people have. I'm talking about the normal you know, people in America in general. Most mm. of the time, our anxiety stems from Worrying about shit behind us that I didn't do right or stuff yeah. in the future that I'm not doing to take care of it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like a lot of that same advice you would fall for any kind of media literacy or it sounds like you literally tell people that, which is to, you know, react and act like you're in person. Do you do you see that? I mean, do you see that yeah. comparison? It's you're absolutely correct. It's it's about uh, again, it goes back to self-awareness, you know, being mm -hmm. aware of your surroundings, but also being present. Um, I think right. the same way you're talking about being worried about what's coming or what happened in the past is what happens on social media. The minute people say, oh, well, you know, look at what this person did in 1972, you know, that's <laughs> right. great. Or they go, oh, my God, you can't trust any of the scientists because, you know, in, in, you know, vaccines are going to kill us all in 10 years. Look at this report of what of what could happen in 10 years. Those, right. are, the, those right. are some of my pet peeves. Um, things that I have to correct when people send me those and then when they send me a, a, a article or something that's all about speculative, you know? Yeah. Oh, we, but I'm like, this is all projections. You know, you have no idea. Yeah. So and whenever I think of projections, I immediately think of Wall Street because any Wall Street person to tell you, we don't, oh, man. we don't fucking know. It's all, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, if up. it happens, it happens. We're just projecting, you know? Yep. And so um, yeah. <laughs> it's the same exact method that you're taking into uh, media literacy, being 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 able to read and write, what's happening is being present and aware of what's in front of you right now. Not being worried about what's to come, planning, 
not well, yeah. letting it stress you out of what happened, learning from it, but you're not living in those moments. You're living in the now. And it also allows you to be calmer when you're online. Because I think a lot of people get anxiety from letting things rile them up and thinking through what could happen or what mm-hmm. did happen instead of just being present and going, you know, we're okay right now. So we need to, you know, we're all right. The majority of humans are fine. It's not everybody online that, right. uh, that thinks, uh, you know, Trump was born from monkeys. It's four or five people. I and mean, we have to right. <laughs> They're just really loud. Just really they have, loud. They have good technique for putting their message out. That's it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I want to, um, I want to find out what you have going on, man. Like, you you have a company, OTR Media Group, mm-hmm. and you just started a project, or you're about to start a project, Salt What Up Vibes. Tell me a little yeah, bit man. about your company first. So, OTR Media Group was a company I started literally in 2018. It's relatively new. Okay. Uh, when I left the Nickelodeon Theater in 2015, I kind of reached that point in my career where I was like, okay, I want to do what I want to do now. And uh, I kind of hit a ceiling uh, in both in the film industry and in the uh, kind of in the uh, nonprofit kind of world leading mm-hmm. or being a, like a director or something like that or organization. And so I said, you know, I think I want to take the chance on myself now. Um, and so OTR Media Group became this amalgamation of everything I know that I love to do and was really good at. And so we operate in three areas, which is media production mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, documentary style work, which is what I'm what I'm an expert in, um, and media education, which is mostly media literacy work, which is another thing I'm an expert in, and in in, in uh, media strategy, and so that's helping people figure out how to strategize about uh, whether that is anything from a, 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 a launch of a brand or some launch of mm-hmm. a company or logo or whatever it is, helping you think through those metrics as, as particularly as it pertains to African American audiences in the Southeast. And so, so that's what we do. And so, you know, I, I, I always hated being a part of businesses where the boss didn't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know, if I'm going to be the guy in charge, I want to make sure that what we're doing, if someone in my organization has a problem, I can help them solve it, you know? And, uh, and I also want to do stuff that I love. And so Mm -hmm. that leads me right into saltwater vibes. Um, and working with Sarah and Simeon Days, who, who many people may know the Days family from Gullah Gullah Island, mm-hmm. uh, which was a popular TV show in the 90s. And uh, Sarah and Simeon, of course, are adults now. Simeon was the baby on that show. And what they're trying to do is find... Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. And so what they're trying to do is fi- find their a new identity for their generation through okay. identifying as Gullah Geechee. You know, um, the, the, the interesting thing about Gullah Geechee... It, it, and it, as it pertains to uh, Americans, is they are a what I call a culture within a culture within a culture because they're uh, the enslaved Africans that were brought to South Carolina and the Southeast didn't ask to come. They they came because of their technology when it came to growing rice. And then you had all these people, you know, that were from all these different countries in Africa, kind of placed in this one place. So then they had to figure out how to make their own culture, right? Then you had the Sea Island people that were in the midst of South Carolina and the USA, which of course has hmm. its own culture. And so now, um, so you have people that don't identify as Gullah Geechee, people that do, people that see it as a negative, some see it as a positive. So what do you do when you're 30, 25 years old and you're trying to find a way for yourself within this culture that's within the culture? 
And then you're trying to find some kind of creative vehicle mm. to gather your generation around. And the vehicle that they're looking at creating is a form of music. A lot of okay. a lot of cultures do that. Hip hop culture did it. Punk culture did it. Reggae did it. You know, we always right. have some type of youth movement around the culture that's saying, hey, this rep- this sound represents us or this food represents us or this style represents us. And so that's what Saltwater Vibes is about, is, is figuring out how the generation is identifying as Gullah Geechee with the challenges that they have. And can they create a music to be like a cultural identifier for them that could, that could help uh, move the, the um, culture forward? So I'm very excited about that project. And I love taking South Carolina stories and, and having a chance to put them on a national scale. Yeah, um, yeah. It, It's one of the reasons why I stay here. Um, instead of instead of going somewhere else, and uh, I just think it's so so many untold stories because the South is so complicated, um, and mm-hmm. there's so many untold stories here. And I just uh, this is just one of many, um, and uh, I'm very excited about that project. That sounds like a huge difficult amount of work. Oh my God, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to you, and I'm like, how, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if you know this, but if you look at me when I'm talking, I start getting drowsy whenever I talk about it. <laughs> every time I hear myself talking, I hear no, the, I... the weight of the work. And yeah. so, yes, it's an intense amount of work. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Gene, you know, and thinking about the warrior mindset, uh, your work goes into your mental health. Mm-hmm. What you do should make you healthier. You know, what you do every day should make you sicker. It should make you it should make, make you healthier. And so finding something that you love to do, mm-hmm. that it, it energizes you not not only mentally, but physically. You feel better. You know, you, you operate better. You operate cleaner and more efficiently. And so um, that that's something else that I think is very important and something that I, I, I found with OTR Media Group and certainly with Saltwater Bots. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, on the outside, you seem happy. i'm generally a happy person yeah you always are i really am i'm generally a happy person i think um gene one of the things i love about what you do and the work that you do here on warrior mindset is you always talk about tapping into who you really are being your Mm -hmm. authentic self authentically you and finding that place for me has made me the happiest i've ever been and uh it's okay to be an individual like mm-hmm. if you can't be you, who's who's gonna be you? Somebody has to be you. And the more you operate in that space, your finances improve, your health improves, your love life improves, your relationship with your family and friends improve because you're able to be the the best you, and That's that right. allows for people to be the best them. It, it works in tandem. We're humans. We need those it's beautiful connections. So it's 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 beautiful, man. It's beautiful, and, and it's worth it. I just wish I'd have learned it when I was twenty two, not. I was <laughs> I'm in the same boat, brother. I don't. <laughs> me too. I'd be yeah. so farther along in my so life. Along, man. <laughs> oh man, I'd be so much farther along. But I don't. I don't lament it though. I, I'm. I'm happy oh. with my path, even my mistakes, because they do make me who I am. And that's how I got um, you. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be this person. I would be someone else. And uh, I'm I not sure you. I'd be. Not sure I'd be okay with that. Yeah, man. I like me. I like me. I like mm-hmm. me a lot. You have to. So one of the last things we do on the show is we ask everybody to give us a quote that they like. So your quote that you share with me was, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. What made you share that? Um, I've been a fan of that quote for such a long time. (laughs) 
That's a good one. Um, because that quote always made me think about what am I doing? Um, it is it is probably the greatest lesson I've learned from several of my mentors and brothers, particularly uh, Fat Rat Dazar, who's a close brother and friend of mine. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, most people know I'm a hip hop advocate in hip hop. I used to be a DJ. That's uh, another show, man. We need to get into that. Other, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> um, you know, and this is a quote I heard from two, two MC. DMX had this quote in one of his songs and so did a, a rapper named Freddie Fox. And it stuck with me because it helped me always think about what am I doing? Like mm-hmm. that type of self-awareness, I think, I, think, I think the best self-awareness starts with that question. Always asking yourself, what am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. what, what am I doing? What am I feeling? Am I, am I, am I, do I feel good? Does my stomach feel bad? Do I feel a little bit sick? What am I doing? Why am I making coffee? Why am I at this job right now? What am I doing here? Am I trying to be effective? You know, and so that's what that question that uh, quote always makes me think about because if you're not intentional about what you're doing, then you're doing things with intentions that aren't honest. Mm. And the road to hell is paved with intentions that aren't honest. It's paved with people that are just saying, Oh, well, I was just doing my job. Well, I was just doing the right thing. You don't even know what the, you haven't even analyzed what the right thing is. Right, right. And to me, that's the very beginning of self awareness is what am I doing? What am I? Who am I? What are the things that make me me? And how can I not uh, live a, the kind of life where I'm leading people? Hell to me is destruction. I'm, I'm not really a religious person at all, but hell to me is, is um, destruction. You know, am I leading people to destruction with my words and actions and how I'm living my life? Or am I, am I helping people be healthier, happier, and more positive human beings? So that's Man, why I love you. Ins- you inspire me, sir. Dude, same here. That's dude. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Same. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I think that was uh, probably the best conversation I've had in a long time. I appreciate it. Oh, man. I appreciate you, Gene. The work that you're doing is so inspiring and necessary. I don't, Thanks, I don't sir. care. I don't look at scale. I look at, is it genuine? You know, mm-hmm. is it genuinely helping people be better people. And that's what you're doing, man. And so I'm proud of you for doing it. And, and please keep doing it as long as you can. We need you. Thank you. Thank you, sir.